Please stand for the reading of God's Word, 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through verse 5. Peter, carried along by the Holy Spirit, writes, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Father, tend to your word now. Transform us, encourage us, set us apart as a people ready to feast at your table. And bless us, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Peter the Rock speaks of Jesus the living stone. He'll later call Jesus the cornerstone. But then in verse 5, he says, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. My friends, what you witnessed this morning is the church. You witnessed the church growing brick by brick. Not the physical building, but the spiritual building of the body of Christ being increased. In a few weeks, you'll see another 60-plus people joining our church, not middle school or high school students, young adults, older adults, all committed to the cause of the church of Jesus Christ. God is building His church, and He calls each of us who are in Christ this, this living stone. It's an active verse. The grammar is active. What it means is that if you are in Christ, you indeed are a living stone being used by God to build and advance His kingdom, to extend His kingdom. That is true of anyone who's in Christ, no matter the age. These young men and young women who stood here this morning heard me say this in our chapel. You are living stones now. You are those called by God to use the gifts He's given you to proclaim the gospel now. You go to school with people who don't know the gospel. Your parents know people who don't know the gospel. You are the living stones present in these places as the Lord reveals to others that He's the way, the truth, and the life. We had high school students this morning who came to faith on the Florida trip who just joined our church this morning. We had middle school communicants ask their sponsors, how do I witness? Tell me how it's done. We had one middle school girl describe as she was working through the communicant material on a Sunday afternoon. I don't want to put it down. This is too good. Listen to that. A middle school girl speaking of her homework for communicants class. I don't want to put it down. This is too good. How could she say something like that? Because she's tasted him. She has tasted the goodness of God. She has tasted something of the glory of God. And when you taste it and it's real, and it goes deep inside you, not just in your head, not just in your heart, but so deep that it has to come out of you, that's what happens. Peter speaks over here. Two things really Peter's talking about. 
as we become those spiritual blocks, those living stones, Peter says in verse 1, take away or take off. And he lists five things. All malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. All of those are centered on broken relationships, really between the bricks, and between the bricks and the world. I'm not going to spend much time there this morning. I want to encourage you to meditate upon those words, though. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you. Where is malice or evil in your life? Where is envy? Have you slandered? Peter is saying, take those things off. Take away. But what I want to focus on for a few minutes before we come to the table, and we'll pick all this up next week and the week after, is what is Peter telling us to take in? What is he telling us to take in as these living stones? Look with me at verse 2. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Peter gives this this incredible image that expresses intimacy. It is a newborn. A newborn cannot feed itself. A newborn cannot sit there by itself and feed. It must be held. And the newborn is held to the mother's breast as the child feeds. Peter is saying in the most intimate way, we need to continue to feed on the pure spiritual milk which what he is alluding to is the Word of God. And Peter is talking about this in the most compelling way. It's intimate and it's intense. The intensity comes from the word long. In the the grammar that's here, it is an active and intense longing, much like an infant who is ready to eat. Now, an infant who is ready to eat will let you know they're ready to eat. They will cry. They will scream. Sometimes babies cry out in here. And some of you have forgotten that the baby is supposed to cry. That's how they let us know it's time to eat or I'm not comfortable. And mothers do the appropriate thing. They're letting us know they're hungry. They're letting us know they're not comfortable. An infant is dependent Infants cry out with intense longing, intense crying. And when that source of food comes to them, that pure milk, what do they do? Infants reach for it with their entire body. Their hands shake, their feet kick. They want it. I came across a pastor who said, what would it be like if I preached in a congregation, indeed, where the people, when the word was read, were physically longing for it, wanting it with their whole body. They couldn't wait. Ah, I believe, though we don't express it, that's really what the majority of this body wants. I believe that. I believe that we're distracted by many things that can in some ways dull that hunger, but I believe most of us really are eager to hear the Word of God. And we want it to go deep, but let me remind you, deep doesn't mean just great intellect. 
Deep doesn't even mean deep intellect now making its way to the heart. That's not deep either. Deep is when it goes into your head, deep into your heart, but it goes so deep that it has to come out of you. It must exit. It's like Peter. When he was told to no longer speak in the name of Jesus, he said, judge for yourselves whether it is right for us to obey God or man, for we cannot help speaking about that which we've seen and heard. Peter didn't say that a bit earlier, did he? He said to a young woman, I don't even know the man. But then God's grace. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. He tasted the grace. And the grace and glory of God went so deep in him that now he would say, I can't help speaking about what I've seen and heard. I believe this is a body that truly wants to crave the word of God like an infant. And when we witness children being baptized and we ask the question to the congregation, do you promise to assist the child and their parents in the spiritual nurture of these children? And you say, I do. One way you can do that is by showing them that no matter what your age or how long you've been a believer, you are still craving the pure spiritual milk of God, which is his word. If you're not craving it, Admit it, acknowledge it, and ask God for it. And the one who said Jesus' sermon, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I believe he will fill you. I believe he, the one who is the living stone, the cornerstone, will fill you with the desire. And suddenly, like a newborn baby, again, you'll be saying, I want the word of God. My friends, if you're in Christ, you're one of the bricks. You're part of this building. You're a living stone. That's what you should crave. That's what we should take in. Marilyn Laszlo, one of my favorite stories, was the age of the girls that were standing up here and the boys that were standing up here a minute ago. She grew up on an Indiana farm. And she grew up on that farm at 12 years of age. So middle school students, high school students, I want you particularly to listen. At 12 years of age, she said, I commit my life to the Lord to be a missionary. She went on to study linguistics. She went to the University of Oklahoma. She then went on to Papua New Guinea. She went to a place where they did not have a written language. So the first thing she had to do was create an alphabet and create a written language. Then she had to teach the people to read. And while she's doing all of that, she is translating the New Testament into that language, written grammar that she has created. All for the purpose that one day this tribe of people would be able to read the very word of God. How amazing is that? This one small 12-year-old living stone from Indiana. And she did it. And as the people began to learn and read simple books that she had written and found, created, the Word of God was being printed. And the story is told that as the Word of God came up the river on canoes, the village people gathered around the banks of the river and began to shout, Here comes the Word of God. 
Here comes the word of God. Here comes the word of God. And they believed it. My friends, may we be like that people. May we be that people day after day after day, Sunday after Sunday. You're in a church that is not going by God's grace and for his glory to compromise the gospel. We're going to stand on it and stand behind it and stand for it, trusting everything that Jesus said. But as we do, may we be like the people Peter's describing. May we be these living stones who are craving, longing for this intense intimacy with the Lord this intense longing for the pure spiritual milk, and may we be fed. This is the word of the Lord. Father in heaven, we're going to come to your table now. And as we come, I pray that you would prepare our hearts. I pray that we would taste the new, the goodness of your word, that we would taste the good, anew the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the word. I pray that you would bless us and encourage us in every way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.